Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And I want you to open your heart um, and just listen to what uh, God has just laid in my heart. I want to share my journey with you. I've been led to, to share this journey and what God has been doing. And I want to uh, start out, if you would look at John chapter 1. And greetings from my dear wife, Millie, who 26 years married, and we have two wonderful boys. David is 17. Isaac is about to turn 16. have two wonderful teenagers who love God. And... I ask that you keep us in prayer so that we will continue to fulfill God's assignment here on earth to the end. Amen. The Gospel of John chapter 1. I want to start reading at verse 29. And I want to read all the way through verse 36. It says, the next day John saw. Say with me, John saw. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw. Say with me, John saw. <laughs> he said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Now, verse 33 is key. Because I want you to listen to the grammar in verse 33. It says, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. So this lets us know that God spoke to John the Baptist beforehand about something that was about to occur in his life. I repeat, I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. That was day number one. Because this passage that I'm reading speaks of two days, two different days. That was day number one. Day number two starts in verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Go back to verse 29. John says, look, the Lamb of God. And in verse 36, he says, look, the Lamb of God. The difference are in the days. In one day, it was something that was revealed to him. In day number one, God spoke, this is what's going to happen. But in day number two, that word became flesh in the life of John the Baptist. The word became a reality in day two. So what I want to share with you is that what God has spoken to you in your day number one, 
Get ready to enter into your day number two because that word, that prophetic word, that vision, that dream, whatever, but you know it was God, you're about to enter into your second day. Look at someone and say, you're about to enter into your second day. Now, this is a process. This is a process. And my process starts off, I was born with a skin disease. I was in Costa Rica ministering. And I was sharing this part of my testimony, and the senior pastor of that church after the service comes to me. He says, you know what? I had the same exact sickness. And that sickness is one in a million. This sickness is a skin disease where parts of your body, you start to lose skin. You start to lose hair. My mother took me to different um, doctors in the state of New Jersey. I'm born and raised in New Jersey. My parents are from Puerto Rico. I say I'm a Jersey Rican. So she took, took the different doctors in New Jersey and went to New York. Every doctor told her there is no hope for your child. My condition worsened because I couldn't have clothes on. They had me wrapped in a blanket and constantly they had to change the blanket because because of the blood and the pus. So the situation would just get worse. So my mother went to the island of Puerto Rico where she's from. And she went to where she was raised in a city called Arecibo. That's, that's in the uh, northeast of the island. She went to my great-great-grandmother. Now, my great-great-grandmother, I'm just going to say double great because I don't want to keep saying great and miss one great. <laughs> So my double great-grandmother, or my double great, you know what I mean. She took me in her arms that night. Now, when she took me in her arms, she did not call the pastor of the church. She did not wait till some international evangelist would come to the island and hold a crusade to take me. This elderly lady, when the gospel came to the island of Puerto Rico, she was one of the first ones to give her heart to the Lord. This elderly lady had a connection with God. She believed in prayer. How many believe in prayer? She had what I call a, such a, a connection with God that was clearer than AT&T or Verizon. When she prayed, things happened because she believed. She understood that God didn't give that God gave power and authority, not just to the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He gave power and authority to the church. He gave power and authority to the believer. To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So she went into her bedroom, closed the door, and started to pray. She was not thinking about the report of the doctor. She was thinking about the report of the Lord. And the question is, whose report will you believe? I don't know what the doctor told you. I don't know what crisis you're going through. But the question is, what report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the world says, what your friend told you, what a family member has gone through, and, this, and they tell you, well, this is what's going to happen? Or are you going to believe what the word of God says and say, wait a minute, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? And stand and believe in his word. So she prayed all night. And when early, you know, sunrising, my mother came and opened the door and grabbed her son. And when she took off the blanket, God did a creative miracle. I had brand new skin and brand new hair. That's the power of prayer in the name of Jesus.
And I always say, now I have to use gel to control it. <laughs> My mother told me this testimony, this miracle, while I was about in somewhere between the ages of 10 and 12. I didn't know, you know, they, they had forced me to go to church. And I didn't want to go to church. But I was there. And she told me the story and she said, God has something with you. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever that means. So as time would go, I didn't want to be in the church. I, I, my father taught me. My father's a musician. He's a singer. And he, he played for the world. He gave his heart to the Lord. And he, he taught me how to play. And I started to help him out in the church. And, but I didn't want to be there. I was ashamed of the gospel. I didn't want my friends at school that I didn't want them to know that I was, you know, uh, a hallelujah, as they would say. But I remember when I was coming into high school, a freshman in high school, the first day of high school. I'll never forget this. I was excited because, you know, I'm coming in with the big boys now. That was, those were my thoughts. Yes. And I'm going to hang out with my friends. And, and then I remember that there was this young man. That was in my same town that was going to an, another church. And I'm with my friends that first day of school. We're in the hallway before, you know, the classes start. And, and we're just talking. And they don't know that I go to church. So when I'm in the hallway, all of a sudden I hear far away, Oscar, God bless you. <laughs> so I froze, you know, I just, I just froze. And then my friends tell me, he's talking to you, Oscar? He says, nope. There's another Oscar. You know there's other students. There's another Oscar. It's not me. And then I hear, Oscar. And when I turn around like this slowly, he says, God bless you, brother. He even threw the brother in there, you know. I'm thinking, that's for church. What's he doing? He had a Bible. He had tracks. He's all excited. He's, he starts to run towards me. And as he's coming towards me, I tell my friends, I got to go. And I left. And I, I went, you know, trying to get away from that crazy. To me, he was a crazy nut. And I'm running away. This was throughout the whole day. I'm going from class to class to class, running away from him. And I remember I came to the last class of the day, and I'm in the hallway like this, looking. I said, almost needing oxygen. I said, yes. I lost him. And the bell rang, and I went into class. I said, I'm free. But when I went into class, the last class of the day, there he was sitting down, and he said, Oscar, God bless you, brother. So I had no other choice but to sit there and listen to him. Before the teacher would start, he says, come here, come here. He opened his Bible. He says, look what the Lord revealed to me. God, this, this Sunday, and it was a testimony, and experience, and he just kept going on and on, and I'm listening to him, and I say, wait a minute. Inside, I'm saying, wait a minute. He goes to church. I go to church, too, but there's a difference. This young man really loves God, and I have no relationship with God. I just, to me, it's a religion, and I'm just helping my dad in the church, you know, as a musician. I don't want to be there. But he, every day he would sow the word of God. Amen. Church, all you do is sow the seed of the word of God in somebody's heart and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Amen. That word started to 
operate in my life to such a degree that he was not looking for me. Now I was looking for him. I said, I want what this young man has. And I, I remember it was August 20th, 1984, at 1 a.m., right in the street, that young man confronts me. And he says, I know you go to the church, but this isn't about going to some temple. This is about being part of the church, the body of Christ. This is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he confronts me, and he, he quotes Isaiah 55, 6, and he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon his name while he is yet near. Now is when we can find him. Now is when we can call upon his name, because there's going to come the day when people are going to call upon his name, and he will not answer. But now is the time. I gave my heart to the Lord that night. At 1 a.m. in the streets. And the moment I gave my heart to the Lord, something changed in me. My attitude changed. My life, I felt this joy. I felt this love. I, says, I said, what I have right now, I, I have to share this. I can't keep it to myself. I didn't know one Bible verse. I didn't know how to preach. I didn't, but I said, how am I, I have to do this. And then, you know, I, I said, well, he took his Bible. I, he took his tracks to school. So I'll do the same thing. And I, I remember watching at, the, at that time the, the Ten Commandments. You know, I'm talking about the old Ten Commandments where Charleston Heston, you know, played the role of Moses. You know, I'm revealing my age here. <laughs> so, so I remember when, you know, Moses would confront Pharaoh. He'd speak, you know, with that authoritative voice and then I would hear the preachers at my at my church where, where, where I was raised and 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 I said man you know they, they scream they, they they give you that mysterious look when they're preaching I said okay I, I'm gonna do this so I I had I went into gym class and I got on the bench a gym class just like this and I said repent <laughs> and I stuck my finger out you know, I said, well, the preachers, they stick out their finger like this and they point at it. I said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I would stay looking real serious. And the students, friends of mine, was like, what happened to Oscar? What's going on with him? And then they started to make fun of me. They started to make fun of me. And then I said, oh, man. And so, you know, I, I would get sad, you know. Uh, but I said, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I, I have to share this. And I said, okay, so in, in my church where I grew up is, is a bilingual church. So we had uh, some preachers that would preach with the organ behind them. So I'm saying, okay, you know, Moses, Moses didn't work the other day. So let me, let me preach like they preach in my church, you know, the, with the organ. So I went to the a gym class. I went to the bench and I said, hey, ha, ha, Jesus is the way. And, and, and then they're looking at me, what is going on with Oscar? He's lost it. And they're making fun of me. You know, I would come walking down the hallway, and then all you would hear is, there comes Jesus. There comes the preacher. But then, here's the wonderful thing about my craziness. Because it's the word of God. They would come to me, students would come to me like Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, you know. And then they would pull me aside and say, hey, I know I made fun of you, but I'm sorry. I need you to pray for me. 
And I was able to lead students to the body of Christ, to the feet of the cross. I walked into class one day. I walked into class, and then when, I'm, when I go into class, this, uh, this, you know, big guy, he was strong and he was ugly. <laughs> he grabs me and says, come here, and he takes me to a corner. Now, back in my day, when they take you to a corner, they weren't going to pray for you. They weren't going to lay, they were going to lay hands, but in a different way. So, you know, this was like the story of David and Goliath again. You know, I'm saying, okay, this guy's big. And so my uncle taught my cousin and I, you know, some martial arts. So the little, the little Bruce Lee that I knew, that I knew, you know, I'm looking at this guy. He has me in a corner. So I'm, you know, I'm measuring him because I don't know what he's going to do. And then he, as I'm looking, he, he, he points in my chest, and he, he pushes me, he says, who's your connection? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he says, who's your connection? I said, what do you mean connection? He says, where do you get your stuff? I said, my stuff? He says, yeah, you come in here with a smile every day, talking to everybody. I know you come in here high every single day. I want what you have, and I want that connection. And then I said, I said, you know, I, I, I got from my Bruce Lee mode, you know, to preach him. I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Come here. And I went to my book bag, and I pulled out my New Testament. And then I took him to my corner. And when I took him to my corner, I said, this is what I was injected with. I was injected with the blood of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the joy of salvation, and I am not the same. And I was able to share the gospel. The young little boy who was ashamed of the gospel was now sharing the gospel in school. At that moment, I knew God was doing something in my life. And our church did a trip to the Dominican Republic. And when we went to the Dominican Republic, I remember they even baptized me in waters there. I was 16 years of age. And I'm there just helping out. I went as a musician just to help them. I, didn't, I wasn't a preacher. I just went to help out. And when we're in these villages and I'm seeing the need and all of a sudden something just sparked in my heart. And God called me. That was where he called me, he says, this is what I've called you to do. Now, I'm a sophomore in high school. Now I'm starting to understand, okay, the miracle when I was a baby and, 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 and the conversion, and, and I'm seeing God calling me. There's something happening in my life. And now I get back from the Dominican Republic, and I just, I remember after school I would just go to the church by myself. After school, I go to the church by myself, and I, just, I was just seeking God. I needed directions. And eventually, I started to, 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 to share the word of God with the youth at my church and the youth in, other, uh, in the other churches of, uh, of my town. And eventually, I went to another place in the, called the city of uh, Perth Amboy in New Jersey. And there, God started to open many doors, and I was there monthly preaching. And things started to unfold. And now... I'm getting really excited about what God is doing. So I've given my heart to God. 
And at that time, we had a music ministry with my family. It was my dad, my mom, my sister, myself. It was the four of us. We started. Then my uncle came in and some others came in. And we were just, you know, in that music ministry for several years. And then something happened. Because when you're called of God, the enemy will do anything to just detour you. He will attack your life. He'll do whatever it takes to try and stop the call of God in your life. And I remember that my parents allowed the enemy to come into their marriage. And now that ministry was no longer the same. In the midst of that, I developed this lung disease. And now my left lung had collapsed. They took me to the hospital. They put a chest tube and and took about maybe two to three days so that the lung would get back into place. And that was good. And I, and I kept going. I, I kept preaching. Then my right lung collapsed the following. There was, at the 18 was the left lung. At 19, the right lung collapsed. And they did the same procedure, and it was back in its place. And then when I came to the age of 20, both lungs collapsed. And now my parents were going through a divorce. So in these three years, it was like all hell broke loose. I'm going to stop this young man. I'm going to stop him. Finally, they had to bring in a lung specialist to, to scrape and clean all the cysts that were on my lungs and then staple my lungs to my ribs. So as I'm talking to you, my lungs are stapled to my chest wall, up to the ribs. But don't worry, if I sneeze, I won't hit you with a staple. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. I remember that I wanted, I wanted the family to get back together, but the reality is they didn't. There was a divorce. Uh, I went to the house where we lived for the last time. And I remember that I, I walked through that house. Room to, every, it was, the house was empty. I went room to room. The only thing that was left there were memories. And I remember I went to my room. And in my room, I remembered... That in that room I had a vision that God revealed to me. And he showed me, I saw myself in this coliseum. And I saw thousands of people and I was on the stage walking back and forth. And I was speaking a word of faith. And in one part of that vision I came down from the stage and I, I, I come up to this one person that was sick, and I laid my hands on them, and they received a miracle. Went to the next one, another miracle, and another one, another miracle. And then I, I kind of woke up after that, and the Lord told me, that's for you. And I'm going to fulfill it in your lifetime. That was hard for me to believe because I grew up in a home where my dad was very negative. He would always use that phrase, it can't be done, it can't be done, it can't be done. And I'm saying, wait a minute, so uh, where did I get that? And I, my grandparents, they were with the same broken record. They said, it can't be done, it can't be done. So they were faithful in sowing the seed that it can't be done to my dad. And my dad was faithful in sowing me the same seed. So when God reveals this to me, I said, it's impossible. Because it was already bearing fruit that it can't be done. But God said, I'm going to fulfill this 
in your lifetime. And it's, it's amazing because, you know, God will call you. God will call you when you're scared. God will call you when you're broke. God will call you when there's nothing. And then he says, I'm going to do great things with you. You're like, for real? And if he said it, in the, you can't look at it where you're standing from in your presence. You have to actually get in that journey and get to the point where you can see it as God spoke it to you. Because he'll reveal it to you in one day. In day number one, he'll reveal it to you. But in day number two, it'll become flesh. And here's something that we must do. Because I wish I could tell you that this is a wonderful road. It is. Why? Let me rephrase that. I wish I could tell you it's an easy road. Because when you are called and you have an assignment here on earth, there's someone else that has an assignment also against you. So what do we do in the moments where darkness is surrounded? Because here's the thing. I was in that house. And right before I left that house, there was this old piano there. I remember that's the only thing they left. And I, in, in the midst of my tears, that, that house was like filled like in darkness at that moment. It was a dark moment in my life. Because I started to think, this is what you called me to? I gave my life to you? I gave everything to you? And, and now there's a divorce? The, 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 there's no more music ministry? And, and, and now look at my lungs? And I'm, I'm telling this to God. And I'm not hearing nothing. You ever prayed and then you're just like, you don't hear nothing? And I'm looking for him, looking for him. And then the only thing in the midst of my tea, I walked to that piano and I sat there. And I just started to play in the midst of my storm. I just started to play and I started just to sing and worship God. Hardly without strength. And as I'm worshiping God, all of a sudden, that home that was, I call just like filled with darkness. The atmosphere just changed into the presence of God. And God spoke to me. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I closed that chapter of my life, but I closed it with worship. With a praise because he abides in the midst of our praise. When I close that, that's it. I made a decision, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And then things started to happen. Because what we need to do, Paul told Timothy in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. He says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. Listen to this. Paul is telling Timothy. Remember the prophecies. That's what he said. Remember the prophecies that were given unto you. So that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. So whatever God spoke to you, in the midst of your crisis, pull out that prophecy. Pull it out and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what God spoke to me. He revealed something to me. He revealed to me in some coliseum and praying for the sick. And I just started, I, I used it as a sword and I started to fight. And I started to worship and fight and fight because, wait a minute. Because what God speaks, it has to happen. He's not a, he's not a liar. He is truth. 
It is impossible for God not to do it if he spoke it in your day number one. Your day number two will come. How many say amen? Amen. So now I start traveling and the Lord starts to tell me, I want you to start to pray for the sick. I had not prayed for the sick. And I was going to the Dominican Republic. This was before I got married. I remember my first trip where I was going to be there by myself for a whole month. No one knew me. So I go to the city of La Romana, which is south uh, east of the country. And, and I go there, and, and the first service is a Sunday at a, um, at a house. It was a church that was starting. It was about 20-something people there. So I said, okay. I had studied. I, I read. I went through crusades of uh, evangelists that moved in these gifts. And I, and, um, I remember uh, a dear evangelist that from Puerto Rico, Gigi Avila, who went home to be with the Lord. I used to go to his crusades just to learn, to see. So when I came to La Romana, you know, I used to even pray like him. You know, Gigi Jr. came to La Romana. <laughs> so when I preached that day at that house, I said, those who are sick, come forward now. And an elderly lady comes with this cane. She's coming up. And I, I had the microphone. I says, uh, what's wrong? She says, well, I suffered a surgery, and they, uh, I have a metal rod from my hip to uh, my knee, and my, my leg is stiff. It's impossible for me to bend it, and I want to bend it today. That's the first prayer that I was going to, you know, for that lady. That was my first prayer. And, and, you know, inside I said, I said, God, come here. Why didn't you start off with a headache? <laughs> you know, maybe even a migraine, but... What am I going to do with this rod? <laughs> this is what I'm telling God. And then God tells me, it is not your word. It is my word. Pray for her. So I prayed for her with fear. I did. But it's better to do it in fear than not do it at all. Why? Because I'm confronting the spirit of fear. I'm confronting my insecurities, but I'm moving forward. I'm shaking, but I'm moving forward because why? I want to get to my day number two. I'm not going to stay stuck 10 years, 20 years talking about when is that day coming. No, I have to move because faith without works is dead. So I prayed for her. And when I finished the prayer, I remember I took the, the cane from her and I put the mic down. And I leaned over and I said, walk. <laughs> so she turns around and she says, by his stripes, I have been healed. And she took a step. She said, by his stripes, I have been healed and took another step. And she kept taking step after step and declaring the word of God. And about the fourth or fifth step, she said, by his stripes. And I heard, clack. And I closed my eyes. I said, oh, my Lord. I didn't even want to look. I said, you came here to embarrass me, God. I can't believe you did this to me. And I, I was like, oh, Lord. And all of a sudden, I hear the 20-something people praising God. And when I opened my eyes, the leg that was stiff had bent. And she was, like, just moving it. and move. She looked like the karate kid, you know. Just, and, and God healed her. And I said, this works. This works. Next day was a Monday. Went to another church. Small church, fit about 80 people. 
When I get there with the pastor, the church is so packed, there was people outside. I said, man, pastor, you really did, you're a great promoter because nobody knows me. I'm starting out in ministry. He says, no, this, this is weekday, you know. I, I, don't, I don't even have 80 people. He said, what's all those people? He said, oh, those are sick people. I said, what? He said, yeah. He says, remember the testimony of the elderly lady that got healed yesterday, you know, the leg? and all that? Well, they've been just spreading the word throughout the city, and they're saying, hey, there's some skinny guy preaching. God is healing the sick. So I, 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 I pray. I remember preaching, and then I said, okay, I made the call. I said, those that are sick, you know, come forward. So imagine an army coming at me. And then I see an usher grab a lady by the hand and bring her up to the altar. I said, oh, look how beautiful the ushers work here. Isn't this awesome? And I told the usher, thank you so much. He said, yeah, I had to bring her because she's blind. And she wants you to pray for her. And she believes that God can open her eyes today. I'm still looking for the headache. And I tell God, okay, wait a minute. This, as I'm there, I'm having a conversation. Where, okay, yesterday the lady with a rod and now a blind woman, what are you doing to me? He says, it is not your word, he told me again. It is my word. Pray for her. You know what he was doing? Because it's one thing, it's one thing, you know, people say, oh, you got to confess, confess. But Paul says, with the heart, man believes. It's not until the word becomes flesh. Because with the heart you believe and then with the mouth you confess. God put me in a situation to take out of me what my father had sowed into my life that it can't be done. And he put me in the situation with his word and taken step by faith. He said, do it by faith. Pray for her. Because you can do all things through Christ. So I prayed for her with fear. And I I, I finished the prayer, and I put the mic down, and I said, what do you see? <laughs> She's struggling to look. She goes, well, I couldn't see you before, but now I see your shadow. And then the Holy Spirit brought to my, mem my memory there where Jesus prayed for a blind person twice. And I said, oh, wait, something's happened. I put the mic up. I said, close your eyes again. And then I prayed for her. And when I finished the second prayer, she opened her eyes. She goes, oh, wow, you're good looking. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. You know, my wife's not here, so I'm misbehaving, I guess. No. <laughs> but she yelled out, I can see. She grabbed the usher by the hand. She grabbed my jacket, and she starts jumping. She's saying, God, open my eyes. I can see. And when she turned around, she's yelling her miracle to everybody. And I saw with my own eyes people in the church and out, outside on the street and the sidewalk, one by one are starting to fall under the power of God, and each one received a healing from God. Don't forget where God took you from. Some of you have stopped. Others have just slowed down. But please, move forward. Get into your second day because you're just, it's just right around the corner. I believe that this 2020, we're about to enter the second day. Listen, church, I'm going to finish. 
I've been functioning as an evangelist for 34 years by the grace of God in the body of Christ. A couple years ago, I received a call from Los Angeles, a television station, and I flew me out there with some other ministers, and we were throughout a whole week just, you know, preaching word of faith. And my segment, it was, you know, dealing with healings and miracles and faith, and, and it was wonderful. People were calling in, getting healed. Some were coming to the actual station and getting healed, receiving their miracles, and we're seeing this. And this one pastor invites me to his church, and I, I preach, and then he sits me in his office. He says, listen, I'm doing these crusades, healing crusades here in the United States, and he starts giving me the different states. He pulls out the map. He says, I'm going to do it in Miami. I'm going to do it in California. I'm going to do it in Nashville. And he keeps going. And he says, I want you to be part of the team. He gave me the list of ministers that were uh, part of this team and the list of uh, uh, worshipers and, and, and Christian singers and artists. I, I, I said, sure, I, I'm on board. I felt from God to just, you know, help him. So we went to Miami, and there was a couple thousand people there, and I remember that I did my part. My job was to just speak a word of faith in the very beginning of the service. And my other job was to look and see who God healed at the end after the man of God would minister. Make a long story short, I did my job in the, in the beginning and I did my job in, in, at the end. And, and there were miracles happening. I'm, I'm just bringing the people up to, so that they can testify to the man of God what God was doing. Went to Fresno, California. The, the audience, I mean, the people, it, it just grew. He had a, a TV program, and, and it was miracles. Awesome. We went to Nashville, Tennessee. And we went to Nashville, Tennessee. I'll never forget because I did my part at, in, in the beginning, and when I went to go do my job at the, at the end, I'm waiting. Nobody's coming up. Five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, not one miracle. And I'm standing, I'm sitting there saying, Lord, you know, Miami, California, awesome miracles. What, what's going on now? And the man of God who's ministering looks at me and says, Oscar, God is doing miracles. And I'm down there, and I turned on the mic, and I said, amen. And he says, come up here and minister to these people. I, I personally had never seen that. So I went up there, and I prayed. I prayed, and as I'm praying, I have a vision of somebody, God healing someone from a chronic arthritis where I saw the fingers twisted. And I, exactly as I saw it, I just, I spoke it. I, and, and I finished that and I kept praying. And when I finished the prayer, I said, okay, those that believe God has healed you, meet me at the bottom. And I gave the part back to the pastor so he can continue ministering. And I'm waiting at the bottom and then people start coming. And the first person was a lady. And she came and her fingers were twisted. And I felt the anointing. I was already under that anointing. I grabbed her hands. And listen, I've seen God heal AIDS. I've seen him heal cancer, people out of wheelchair. They brought a, a gentleman that was nine months in bed. They brought him like in a cot to the service. And God raised him. God, God healed him and he was walking. I'm Different type of healings in 34 years. But this particular one, I, my, my person, I, I never personally experienced this healing because when I grabbed her hands, all of a sudden I start to feel her bones cracking in my hands and her fingers straightening out in my hands. She let out a scream and I let out a scream. Because <laughs> I had not seen a miracle like that personally. And when she raised her hands, her fingers were straight. There was a line behind her and it was like a domino effect. It was 
One miracle. When she raised her hand, it was like one miracle after another, after another, after another. And then I was able to just bring them up so they can testify. Yeah, give the Lord a mighty clap offering. The glory is his. Church, I got to the hotel at 3 in the morning. I'm about to go to sleep, and the Lord speaks to me. He says, Oscar, this is a conversation I have. He says, Oscar, do you know where you were today? I said, here in Nashville, Tennessee, God, you did some amazing miracles. He says, Oscar, do you know where you were today? I said, Lord, three times. The third time he said, Oscar, do you know where you were today? I said, Lord, what are you what are you trying to tell me? He says, do you remember when you were in your bedroom? And I revealed to you and I told you that I was going to fulfill that in your lifetime. And today I was faithful to my word unto you. And today I fulfilled that for you and I will do greater things after this. Of course, you know, I started weeping. And I said, God, you are faithful. And if I'm going to put a theme to this story, this journey is I can't forget. And I want you to understand that you cannot forget what God has done. Listen, church. I want everyone to come to the front. Everyone come to the front, please. I don't know what I have about five, ten minutes, but Holy Spirit can do a lot in a couple of minutes. Church, I don't know what you're going through right now. Only you know what is your divine assignment here on earth. And as you have your eyes closed, meditate on what you've heard. But most of all, meditate on what God spoke to John the Baptist. He revealed it to him in day one. But in day two, it became a reality in his life. Some of you may need healing right now. Others you, uh, some of you have just stopped. Others are just slowed down. I'm here to tell you it's not over. I said it last night, and I'll say it today. I'm believing that when we finish this conference tomorrow, we are all going to start a new chapter. For our 2020. I strongly believe. In a verse. 
found in Psalms 92.10. He says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And I'm believing right now that each of us will be anointed with fresh oil. Only you know your journey. You have a story. We're all books. What chapter you're living right now, only you know that. God knows it. But right now, I want you to speak to the Father. He knows what's in your heart, but I want you to tell him, Lord, this is what I'm going through right now. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your kids. Pull out that prophecy. Pull out that word that God spoke to you. And say, Lord, you spoke this word to me. And I will see it fulfilled in my lifetime. And no weapon formed against it will prosper. So, Father God, right now I come before you. I thank you because you already sent your word to heal and to deliver us from death. I believe God is doing an oil change right now. He's taking out the old oil and putting in new oil right now into your life. I'm believing that your cup is going to run over. That is my faith. That's what I speak in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Right now, Lord. Every person who has been called, breathe upon them. Breathe upon them, Lord, that we may stay faithful to the call, faithful to our assignment. No matter what we're going through, if we have stopped or we just slowed down, but Father God, that we would just get up and just keep moving forward in the name of Jesus. I come against every assignment of the enemy. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. Every chain broken right now, every lie of the devil, we command it right now to stop in the name of Jesus. And Father God, pour in that fresh oil. Put in that fresh anointing in the name of Jesus. Only you can do it, God Almighty. I'll speak it in the name of Jesus, but pour it over your ministers, Father God, right now. Pour it, Father God, over every person right now. Quickly. Put your hands down. Anyone that needs healing in their body, raise your hand right now. Only those that need healing in their body, raise your hand. If you did not raise your hand, I want you to look around. No, those that need healing, keep your hands up, please. If you did not raise your hand, I need your help. I want you to draw close to one of these people that have their hands up right now. And just lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. Sing with me how great. That's it. Just lay your hands and take authority over that pain. Take authority over that disease. Take authority over that sickness. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak right now perfect health to the hearts, lungs, 
stomach, intestines right now, pancreas, the liver, the kidneys in the name of Jesus. Right now, the vertebrae, every disc right now, every herniated disc, I command that hernia to disappear. Tumor right now, disappear in the name of Jesus. I come against cancer. I command it to dry up in the name of Jesus. I speak life. I speak life in the name of Jesus. I declare healing. I declare miracles right now. Creative miracles. Use your people in the name of Jesus. Use those hands because your word says that in your name, we shall lay our hands upon the sick and they shall recover. In the name of Jesus.